Hello, boys and girls. Welcome back to the DC3 cast. Uh, joining, this is Vince, by the way. <laughs> joining me this week is uh, my buddy Zach. Brian is not with us this week. Um, we hope that he's uh, doing well wherever he is right now. And uh, wherever you are, Brian, there you are. Um, <laughs> I just watched uh, Buckaroo Banzai, so uh, I kind of have that on the mind right now. Um, Zach, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Good. Um, these comics, man. They're something. They're something else. We we got a little bit of news before we get to the actual uh, comics, um, but not really much of anything. Do we want to mention that uh, the the Leviathan event, the Leviathan event written by Brian Michael Bendis, uh, now has a first issue and a title. And what is that title, Zach? The the title of the Leviathan event is Event Leviathan. Holy shit! You just blew my mind. I know. Yeah. That's um. That's it my. It feels fa- like a plate placeholder, right? <laughs> that's my favorite title for an event since uh, Event Crisis on Infinite Earths. Oh. Um. But yeah, I guess we don't know much more about that except that one thing that occurred to me while I was looking at the solicits was that I mean I'm sure this is a Superman this is an event that spins out of Superman because that we know that it started in action comics but I'm surprised at how not Superman centric the presentation appears to be at this point Yeah it's um I mean Batman's right there on the <laughs> I know it's like they there's someone uh, doing some uh, marketing analysis and and they found out that uh, Batman in particular seems to make people want to buy some comics. I I guess so. I don't, why didn't they just call this uh, Batman event Leviathan then? I don't know. You put his name on there. I imagine you sell more. I bet Superman is is the robot Sith Lord in the back. Damn. Yeah, from the future. <laughs> the robot Sith Lord. That's right. That that is. This looks like Star Wars. They're on. Uh, they're on. Uh, oh God, I gotta turn in my my Star Wars card because I can't think of what the planet is called. Um, the volcanic planet. Mustafar. Ah, yes, yeah, of course, yes. That's clearly where this takes place. Yes. What if What if they reveal that in addition to disney and fox merging that warner brothers is also merging and this does take place in the star wars universe i think that's gonna happen well so this is a tangent and i don't want to go on to too many tangents without someone to reel us in (laughs) that is brian's job (laughs) (sighs) but i did see some rumblings a while back that um i think it was on bleeding cool it might have been jude terror speculating based on things that um disney might be interested in closing down the marvel comics publishing division just because it's too expensive and doesn't make any money um so maybe instead they'll just buy warner brothers and consolidate and use dc to publish everything Mm, i like that 
they're they're already marketing or licensing stuff out to IDW right now. That's right. Yeah. Disney yeah. just takes over everything, and then eventually we get to jack our brains into the the Disney singularity, and we just spend the day with Walt Disney <laughs> all day every day. Now you know me. I'm a big fan of the singularity. Like I want to be the first one on on the boat there, right? I know but you do. If you would have told me when I was a kid that it was going to be the Disney singularity, <laughs> oh man, I'd be even more excited about it today. That's the what... Disney singularity with all of Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and James Cameron's Game, Avatar. Game Master Anthony is freaking out right now. <laughs> he predicted it. He, he really did. He did. Every oh day God. will be his birthday. We, Everyone we... just gets in every day. <laughs> we are but a snow globe in Game Master Anthony's hand. <laughs> <laughs> Brian is so pissed off right now. <laughs> um okay, so that's that's enough uh, silliness about Event Leviathan. Here is something though that I never would have guessed in a million years. Um and that is, <laughs> that is Jeff Lemire's uh basically Dark Horse uh, version of DC Comics <laughs> is going to be crossing over with the Justice League. So, uh, Jeff Lemire, Michael Walsh, Black Hammer, Justice League crossover, Hammer of Justice. Uh, how familiar are you with... It's a five... Okay, it's a five-issue miniseries, first of all. Mm-hmm. Um, and it deals with the, the Justice League and the Black Hammer characters having to deal with... Um, fan favorite character Starro in some way. Uh, Zach, how familiar are you with Black Hammer? So I have read probably half of the first volume or, you know, first year's worth of issues. I have more that have been sitting around waiting to be read and I, they, I just haven't. Not because I didn't like it. I actually liked it quite a bit. Um, but alas, you know, there's so much. Yeah. That's a tale as old as time for comic book fans, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I kind of don't like this, that this is happening. Ooh. Elaborate on that. I mean, I think I have historically been very anti inter-property crossover, I think I, I voiced that, you know, with the Justice League Power Rangers, with the much lauded uh, Wonder Woman Conan. Um, it, I, I just, I just, I just, I don't know. They never feel that meaningful to me. It's always just like something that they forget, or if it's not something they forget and they reference back to it, then it's even weirder. Um <laughs> Um, and the fact that they are so similar, I don't know. The M- Michael Walsh on it is really cool. I will obviously probably read it. Um, I mean, we're gonna have unless you refuse to, like, like I have and want to do at times. Yeah. 
Um, like that one Batman book that's never coming out. Yeah, I got off the hook on that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. It's not something I needed. I think I would much rather like have Lemire and Walsh doing like some other spinoff book in that universe rather than crossing over with Justice League. But eh, eh, maybe it'll be fun. Yeah, I mean, I think my feeling on it is that if it's something that Jeff Lemire really, really wants to do and is like itching to do, there's no, there's, and as long as DC will let him, I think there's no reason for him not to. Uh, he seems really excited about it. He says he's got it all written already, um, which makes me think that it, it was something that was something that had been gnawing at him, you know. Um. So, you know, who am I to say, like, Jeff Lemire, don't do this, you know? <laughs> but uh, but I do think, I, I do think there's, there's something to be said about um, the fact that Black Hammer deals so much in pastiche. And then to, to there, there are going to be fun little bits that come out of that by crossing over with, with the justice league, but I can already imagine, I can picture the bits that are going to be like, well, this is, you know, at the end of the day, this is just a justice league book, you know, that happens to, you know, I, like, I, I fear that it's going to be more justice league than black hammer. Um, and that's a fear that's just born out of like the, the way that these projects tend to, um, sent be be really careful with the Justice League characters and center them and and make them into fairly generic versions of the characters. You know, mm-hmm. I I just don't think it's going to it's. I mean, it remains to be seen. I'm 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 excited to read it, but I, my hopes are, I I don't think it's going to be certainly better than any of the Black Hammer stuff that I've read, which is has been quite good. Um. It does remind me, though, of wasn't there? There was some Hellboy uh, mm-hmm. crossover, pretty like uh, maybe like a decade or so ago. Yeah, didn't we? We read the Hellboy Batman Starman oh, thing we, once. Yes, we did for the that, show. That's right. I forgot. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So this kind of reminds me of that, and. Um, I guess that's kind of cool because if you look at Dark Horse, like what do they have going on right now? There's, there's some BPRD Hellboy stuff, but for the most part, that's for the most part, that's gone to like ancillary characters that, that general audiences aren't as familiar with. And Black Hammer is really like the Dark Horse franchise that you kind of think of when you think of Dark Horse these days. Right. Mm -hmm. So on that level, there's some sort of, historical appreciation I can have for this project as like a, a tradition of, of dark horse books crossing over with DC since I've, since I've been reading comic books, you know, it's kind of a thing that's been happening. So yeah, I I like it on that level, but, but yeah, I I don't think it's going to be anything uh, outstanding when compared to Lemire's actual black hammer stuff. 
the the best is when aliens historically cross over with Wildstorm and ended Stormwatch and created the authority. That's the best. <laughs> oh man, is that is that how it happened? Yeah, yeah. The uh, Warren Ellis's Stormwatch run ended with a Stormwatch aliens crossover. That's insane. And and it's been a I. If I recall correctly, they a lot of members die, and the ones that get left over, for the most part, end up forming authority. Wow. Um, yeah. I did not know that. It's I don't know that it has been collected. Even in the like newer Stormwatch, uh, like they recollected Ellis's Stormwatch into like two volumes. I think. I I don't think that those have the you know it might have actually not been it might have been wildcats aliens but it had the stormwatch characters in it as well and ellis wrote it um that actually sounds more right to me um but yeah crazy times Hmm, man oh that's another point i wanted to bring up is that like wildstorm's kind of the same thing wildstorm was like a sort of modern reinterpretation of classic superheroes in some ways and then they and then they tried to wedge that into the new 52 and it didn't some parts were more successful than others but it's just weird to have like a superman and batman facsimile fighting alongside superman and batman Mm -hmm. so oh my gosh there it is wildcats aliens that's wild man Ooh, Chris Sprouse. Yeah, and Kevin Nolan inking. I might read that. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, do, I gotta do a big Wildstorm read at some point. Oh, I've really been wanting to redo it. Patreon content. Um, I don't know where I'd start, but <laughs> I'm sure I'd love to do it all one day. It's just not very easy to get a hold of it. Somebody's got a reading order out there somewhere, though. Oh, there's got to be one. I do have, like, the whole Joe Casey Wildcats 3.0 run hold up, reading to, waiting to be read. I've heard that's quite good. That's, like, Dustin Wynn on art. Mm-hmm. Man, we are in the weeds today. <laughs> yeah, we are. Let's uh, let's let's pull it back in. Let, should we do something weird? Should we get this list out of the way first? Yeah, uh, let's do that. Yeah, why not? We'll get the list out of the way. We'll take a quick break so that we can plug something, whatever Brian decides to put in here. And then we'll do our five books, and then we'll uh, go home, I guess. All right. Um, the Good List. Uh, so these are these are books. Okay, and for anybody who doesn't understand what we're doing here with the list, we used to. I feel like we owe it to our audience to explain because <laughs> I don't think we ever really have. Uh, we used to talk about every book on the show, and at a certain point, we got kind of sick of doing that, and also I think we felt like a lot of our discussions were repetitive because um, there were books where there just wasn't a heck of a lot to say month after month, um, especially if they were if they were in the same like six-issue arc. So we started doing this list, and now it's gotten to be this like unwieldy... Uh, multi-tentacled creature of just basically a masturbatory in-joke, right? Yes, yes. As with all things in this show. Yeah, right. If you're still listening at this point, like, you're clearly okay with that, I guess. (laughs) So, um, 
All right. So the good list uh, this week: American Carnage and High Level were, were very good. American Carnage in particular. Um, the okay list: Aquaman and Naomi. The bad list: Nightwing. Nightwing kind of a permanent resident on the bad list lately. Oh, that that Rick Grayson is a very bad boy. Um, the New Age of Heroes list: uh, Damage, <laughs> which Brian promised us was the final issue. And it wasn't. It, 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 Ron Howard voice. It wasn't. <laughs> nice. Uh, the Sandman Universe list has Lucifer this week and uh, debuting a new list without Brian's approval. The Brian Michael Bendis list had Pearl on it this week. So. Oh. And with that, we'll take a little break. Hello, everybody. My name is Mike. And I'm Greg. And together we are Robots from Tomorrow, a twice-weekly podcast appearing at MultiversityComics.com. Each week we take some time to check out books and shelves on Wednesday that are worth your attention. And each month we dissect the previous catalog. We also have long-form discussions about books we've enjoyed, like Dan Clow's Ghost World and Jack Kirby and Mike Royer's Commanding. And if that's not enough, we also do creator interviews. Some of the talks you'll find in our archives feature Mike Mignola, Leila Del Duca, Sean Martinborough, Emma Beebe, and Greg Rucka. So that's a lot of content for everybody. Please subscribe. Subscribe to Robots from Tomorrow in iTunes or Stitcher so you never miss a thing. Robots from Tomorrow has hours of comic-focused entertainment week in and week out. And now, back to your show. All right, now that we uh, were trying to sell you whatever we were trying to sell you there, we're back to talking about DC Comics. Um, we've got five that we want to focus on this week. Um, let's start with Batman number 67, written by Tom King. Uh, art by both Lee Weeks and Jorge Fornes. If uh, if if the um, credits page can be believed, I, I think that's correct. Yeah, uh, Zach, <laughs> what were like the what were like the first words out of your mouth, or like your first thought that came into your head when you got to the end of this this issue? Hmm. Love a good bowel movement. <laughs> it is called all the way down. And I assume what, what that means is that it's all the way down <laughs> into the toilet and just slips right through like that. You describe you described uh, an the issue, the of, issue ends in the sewers. Yeah, it does. Yep. It starts at the top of Gotham City and, and, and ends in the sewers. <laughs> no, I'm I'm being a little silly because of the joke that I made that one time. Um, this issue, it looked so good. It did. It it's did. It's beautiful. This is a just Lee Weeks and Jorge Fornes. You know, I can almost hardly tell where one begins and the other, where one ends and the and the next begins. Like they are so in sync. Like I, I, I think I can tell. I think the page where they kind of switch off is the page where Bruce is going down the emergency ladder. Mm-hmm. I think that's the first Fornas page. Um, and I, I never thought I'd say this, but I actually like, of the two, Lee Weeks is probably my second favorite. Whoa. In this issue. Um, Fornas is just that good. Um, 
but both of them have this just like wonderfully classic looking batman the it's it's all really dynamic and and fluid and and fun to watch the chase scene is really well orchestrated um visually it's a fantastic comic but uh do you want to talk a little bit about the story (laughs) sure um I actually think we're going to be like, it, it would be very easy to talk about this issue and, and say like, wow, this was a piece of garbage that took me two minutes to read. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I think that that's, you know, that's really, that's really reductive. And I think our actual discussion is going to be more complex than that. I, I think again, this is an issue that in the course of a uh, uh, hundred and five issue Tom King run or whatever it is that we're, we're being promised now, uh, it's easy to look at this issue and say, this is just King fucking around and um, wasting time and padding things out to try to get to uh, his end goal of 105. But I think, I actually kind of, you can't convince me that that's not the point of the arc, that this arc doesn't just exist to, to pad the, the length of the run out. But that does, saying that I know sounds reductive, but, but I feel like that doesn't mean that every issue within is without merit. And I would honestly say, give me 50 issues that were like this versus some of the ones that we had just gotten where they kind of um like the professor pig issue yeah you know no you want to know my hot take lay it on me i this is easily the best issue of this arc and yes and i actually think like in the grand scheme of like tom king's run this might be one of the most memorable issues Mm -hmm. just because it i mean it's like ostensibly i say this i say ostensibly this uh, without having actually read this issue it's the it's the sequel to his elmer fudd crossover yes yeah Um, although not the first time that we've seen uh the porky pig bar since that issue either when when was the other time it has popped up somewhere somewhere along i know for sure i can't give you the the issue number but it has maybe maybe because i i still haven't read that issue maybe i didn't catch it the first time but this issue it's you know very obvious with it being a uh roadrunner episode Mm -hmm. basically yes yeah so so i think i agree with you there i think if we're gonna break it down um Part part of what part of what bothers me about this issue is that I think the the concept is solid, and then for my money, King again I hate to beg on him, but like kind of bungles the execution a little, like muddies it a little bit I think, and 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 I'll 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 explain that, but like the concept of this issue is that it's it's mostly silent it's mostly sound effects um a little bit of narration some words here and there um 
but it's the this character at the at the top of a Gotham skyscraper is standing across from Bruce and there's a dead body at their feet which if you squint you could kind of imagine is the the roadrunner in a costume <laughs> somehow yeah the like hair like kind of looks like ears you know yeah um and then and and this this masked figure in front of Batman uh makes beep beep noise which is just straight up roadrunner and then Batman chases this character all the way down into the sewer. You find out who else is it but the freaking Joker. <laughs> Which, how how early into the issue did you guess that it was the Joker? <laughs> I honestly didn't guess that. And I, I didn't guess it just because... I mean, it didn't... It's kind of misleading. Like, I guess I should have paid more attention to the face. The one, the couple of times that you see it, he has that grin, Mm -hmm. you know, but I was still being led more by the like question outfit. Sure. Or the Rorschach. I mean, yeah, the Rorschach. Yeah. To to me, to me, this is what I mean by like King muddies it up a bit because, um, okay. Batman is, uh, Wile E. Coyote and the freaking Joker is the Roadrunner. And Batman can never catch the Roadrunner, which is not, like, first of all, that's not really true. The Joker gets caught all the time. The Joker gets away, but the, the well, Joker gets caught. It's even more muddy, though, because Wile E. Coyote was the dead man on the roof. <laughs> right, which is which is the, the so on the nose, like, I groaned audibly when they said it was William Ernest Coyote or whatever. Just just let the readers figure out that you were doing a Looney Tunes thing here, you know? Like, did you really have to spell it out? So that bugged me. But then, n- not only is he wearing, like, a, a question-esque outfit, but I actually think it's more, I mean, it's more Rorschach to me. Mm-hmm. Because it's got the face that's, in this case, painted on or drawn on. Um, but it's clearly supposed to be this wacky face that evokes Rorschach in some way. And there's even a bit towards the end where they hit the sewer and there's blood going into the sewer and there's a little button. It's not a smiley face button, but it looks like it's the button from a jacket or something. Mm-hmm. That's yes. The, that's on the edge of the sewer, the manhole cover. And so it's clearly trying to evoke Watchmen too, but like to what end? There's no... There's no real reason for this to be both a Looney Tunes and a Watchmen. I don't understand where the Watchmen homage comes in. And and to me, then, that feels like the writer being too clever by half. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what you say is true about the art. I think it's the chase sequence is staged really well. I think the, the, the concept is really fun. I almost wish it would have been a little funnier Mm -hmm. like a little more instead of instead of leaning on like a very serious chase sequence all the way through maybe throw in a couple of almost slapsticky like scrapes that batman gets into you know Mm -hmm. um because by by playing it a little bit too straight like this i i feel like it it just went down way easier than it than it than it could have 
Um, and I think if you're doing, I think if you, if you, maybe King has no interest in doing this, but if you want to do like a well-rounded Batman run, using the opportunity of uh, Batman going through these nightmare sequences to show a side of Batman that's a little goofier and, and, and sort of harkens back to his own past as, as sort of a campy character, this would have been an opportunity to do that. Um, now, if King is not interested in that at all, that's fine. But but I just feel like I feel like if they're doing a, a, a Coyote and Roadrunner thing, this is almost too played too straight to really be that as well you know mm-hmm. um but yeah it, it it looked really pretty um <laughs> and and yeah i, I don't want i don't want to be reductive and and talk about how quickly it takes to read an issue because i feel like that really uh shits on the art you know right right and there there is a lot you could take your time with this um there's a lot going on and and i i kind of had to check myself a little bit while reading this because i realized how strong my bias was in that if another writer say grant morrison (laughs) did this very same issue i would probably think it was a lot i i i would have praised it unquestionably (laughs) so sure yeah a little bit um anything else on this one no not really i think we've got one more issue left in this nightmares arc oh is that it i think so this was part five right yeah and i think it no yeah i think that's right i think it's six issues here give me a minute yeah for some reason i thought it was for some reason i thought it was eight um now it's seven so six Hmm. six there's two more issues okay yeah um all right yeah, no, the next, oh man, but the next one is um, illustrated by Amanda Connor, and then Ooh. the last one by Yannick Paquette. Ooh. Ooh. Well, there's nothing but but great art in these books, I think. If, if, yeah. To say nothing else about them. It's... Yeah. All right, moving on. Mm-hmm. All right, Justice League, issue number 20. Uh, written by Scott Snyder, art by Jorge Jimenez, and uh, we're we're still in the sixth dimension, Zach. We are. Um, what did you think heard, of this one? Well, I saw someone on Twitter describe this issue as uh, Lynchian, which I don't, I don't <laughs> think I can quite agree with. No. Um, but oh, the man, the bar is low. <laughs> <laughs> Um, someone had a dream and that's that's lynchian huh yeah i (laughs) you want to know the thing that bothers me the most about this issue what's that the pettiest thing in the world (laughs) i we don't know who all these characters are supposed to be they weren't all explicitly named that bothered me so much (laughs) (laughs) like okay like what like uh specifically 
Like, we don't know if the, like, I guess the Flash is supposed to be Wally. It it almost looks like the Flash is supposed to be several of them combined. Combined, yeah. Yeah, it could be. And then the bit with, like, Diana and this future Wonder Woman, like, I just assumed she was also Diana, but then the way she talks in the third person makes it seem like maybe she's not Diana. Well, maybe Diana's doing that these days. Maybe she is. Jimmy does that. Um... <laughs> Jimmy's down. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I'm being like the most pedantic like comic book fan right now with that, where I was just like, I want to know who these people are. Um, <laughs> I I did appreciate that this Batman is Dick, especially because. Um, I think we had noted previously that this particular costume that he's wearing is the same costume that the Earth 2 Dick Grayson, illustrated by Jorge Jimenez, wore. Good call. Um, so that was fun. Um, otherwise, I, I overall liked this issue pretty well. Yeah, I did too. Um, Jorge's art is insane. It really is. It's, like, I I can't believe we get it as often as we do. And there, there's not a page here that doesn't look absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, man, like, I think he more than any... He more than anyone else in this in this whole affair makes Justice League feel like the the biggest most expansive book that DC's putting out I think. Mhm. Um just because every page is just full of of like epic shit for lack of a lack of a more eloquent way of saying that. Like everything just seems so epic. Everything seems like an event. Uh, I think if I have any criticisms of this issue and 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 this Justice League run in general um you know, we've given the book flack for using too much exposition, but actually I, I think I'm going to refine my uh, criticism of that to the, it's not the, it's not the presence of, of exposition that bothers me so much. It's, I feel like a lot of it is repetitive exposition. So like, I feel, and, and, you know, maybe part of this is my fault because maybe what I'm doing is I'm pulling in information from Scott Snyder interviews that I've read. <laughs> do you ever, do you ever think that? Do you ever like when you read this comic, like all this, uh, Perpetua stuff and the, and monitor, anti-monitor world forger as her children, that whole sequence, I, I read that and I said, haven't we seen this exact thing explained to us before? And now I can't. I don't know if that was in a comic or if it was in a Scott Snyder interview. <laughs> oh you, goodness, you I problem? don't know. Yeah, like I mean, the monitor anti monitor stuff was kind of like toyed around with in like Final Crisis. Some of the some of that is talked like, re- but like really obtusely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I don't know actually. Um, it- this this double page spread, this entire thing felt like information we had already. Gotten. We have had another. I think we have. I think I think it actually was maybe 
one or two or maybe it was the annual i don't we have definitely seen a page that had the monitor and the anti-monitor and maybe even the world forger together on a thing that has definitely happened before Mm. um in this run somewhere um for sure okay yeah but i could also be pulling in in uh scott snyder interview material too you could be you could be man don't this is like a a like collected editions thing i wish that all i wish that collected editions would pull those types of things into the books more like the interviews and things like that so you could go back and see Mm mm-hmm what the what the creators were saying around that time i mean obviously we have the internet but who wants to like go look for a cbr article from (laughs) a year ago you know when you've got all the exclusives they do have all the exclusives um i i did want to say i feel like snyder's scripting in this issue is a just really spot on and, and a lot of fun um the stuff with the flashes and the green lanterns together was a lot of fun, but like mm-hmm. particularly that Jaro dream. Oh God. Talk about the Jaro dreams act. That, that was, <laughs> well, that was it was so perfect. disorienting because you go from this sequence where old man Superman is, is talking to everyone, particularly he's talking to Bruce at the end and, kind of leading into the sequence where you think that you're going to go around and and see what's going on in this future but then you're on this page where a batman that looks like our batman is chasing someone who looks a lot like our deathstroke but then there's jaro in a robin suit he's just he's like on it dad yeah he calls him dad that's the <laughs> calls him dad and, and bruce tells him he's his favorite robin ever <laughs> it's so good yeah that that's that's magical that's one of the best moments of the year yeah, and then and then we get a scene with with Mira and Starman, which I had said last issue. I was afraid that they would kind of sit this issue out or this arc out. Um, so there's still something going on in in the in the present and the normal time with them. So 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 good on Snyder. This this was a this was a very good issue. It was very good. Yeah, yeah. And then the the stuff with. Um uh with martian manhunter and and hawkwoman at the end yeah which you know anytime you do non hawkman hawk girl pairings it's kind of it it feels uh i don't not cheap but but like temporary like do you remember when i think it was in the melter run they did like the red arrow hawk girl thing oh man not i not i'll take your word for it they did it it was a thing (laughs) um but it just felt like well obviously like eventually a status quo will revert and you have to have hawk man and hawk girl slash hawk woman um but the way it was handled in this issue and 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 especially with their son being kind of this little deus ex machina 
it I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, me too. This was really really nice stuff. And I love I just love feature versions of characters. I'm a sucker. Me too. Me too. And the designs are so good and mm-hmm. and it's just somehow somehow like this superman and like the flash especially the superman like he is glowing like he is whiter than (laughs) than white he is like like i'm looking at the image and it's just he's glowing yeah alejandro san uh sanchez on colors it's it's fantastic yeah 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 there's clearly i love the uh, it's on uh the future wonder woman's costume as well but there's there's some sort of like um metallic effect mm-hmm. on the yeah. emblems and things that that it's clearly i mean i think it's a digital effect but it's not like you know sometimes they sometimes you apply digital effects to like traditional coloring or traditional uh penciled art or whatever and it, it comes off looking really uh, disjointed or or of a different layer, and I feel like here it just blends in so well. It's really really top notch stuff. It is. It is. This is this is my favorite issue of this run in a long time. Um, mm-hmm. That that triptych cover is really great too. Yes. Um, although kind of crummy to to do a a triptych cover thing as as all variant covers you had to buy all three variants yeah. or all three covers to make the thing if that's what you're into um <laughs> but worth it i think but but worth it um, yeah it's a gorgeous gorgeous image i'll just wait for him to release a print of that or something hey there you go baby then you, then you don't have to have the like title and stuff on there either yeah Good stuff. Any, anything else on this issue? No, I think that's it. Okay. All right. Uh, moving on to Teen Titans, issue number 28, uh, written by Adam Glass, uh, art by Bernard Chang. This is the first part of the Terminus agenda, the, the crossover between Teen Titans and Deathstroke. Uh, the last time we had one of these, it was, oh, what was the name of it? Lazarus contract. Lazarus contract. That's right. Yes. Um that was a very different Teen Titans book at that time. It's it's weird how much those things change, yeah. Um <laughs> and that was all in rebirth too. It was. Yeah, it's great. It feels like a lifetime it, ago, really. It does. You know what else was in rebirth but feels like a lifetime ago? What what's that? Uh Brian Hitch's Justice League. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah I, th- I think about that every once in a while and feel like it's been like four years since that happened uh but it wasn't no so um i'm 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 not sure i know what the terminus agenda means as a title did, did is there any did i miss something here no, I don't think so. My guess is, and this is this is a little. So I'm I'm reading the speculation tea leaves here, and that this this could be a spoiler, maybe. 
This could be a. This is one of those spoiler predictions where you get mad at someone for just guessing, and then it happens, and then you're mad that it was spoiled for you. <laughs> please um, don't get mad at Zach. Please don't get mad at me. Um, I think Deathstroke is probably going to air quotes die at the end of this. Um, because I think there's an upcoming Deathstroke arc that is about him being dead. Mm. Um, and so I think that the Terminus agenda is is Robin's agenda to Terminus Deathstroke. <laughs> to Terminus him. <laughs> Very good. Uh, that is such a pre... Like, priest's run could not end before he kills and revives Deathstroke, right? Right. In, I mean... In, in some sort of quadruple crossing fake yes. out. Yeah, any great run. Yeah, Deathstroke number 44, Deathstroke RIP. Um, God, he's good. You gotta kill your main character. If you you're do. gonna... If your run is gonna go up to 50 issues, you gotta kill him once. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Damn. Damn, Priest is good. Um, so that is that is that was going to be my, my next point on this is I don't know what the terminus agenda means, but uh, ostensibly the premise of this arc is that uh, nobody else can can take Deathstroke down or, or nobody else has finished the job, even though he's gone up against Superman and Batman, etc. Um, and so so Damien's Teen Titans uh are going to take it upon themselves to take Deathstroke off the map. Now, as you read the issue, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to kill him. Uh, at least that's not what everybody on the team thinks. But of course, Damien, since Adam Glass's run has started, has sort of told the line that he's going to not follow uh, the traditional rules of being a superhero in DC comics or being Batman's board, uh, that he's maybe willing to go a little bit farther. Um, and at the end of the issue, it's revealed that Damien has slayed in that prison that we let, that we first saw in that teen Titans special where Adam glass took over. So Zach, I think your prediction Ring, rings pretty true but it it makes me wonder i mean i the fun thing about this arc is going to be how that happens and and where sort of the fake out is and if we can spot mm -hmm. it you know because there's yes. obviously going to be a fake out for sure for sure there will be a fake out <laughs> um but what'd you think about this issue itself i thought it was really good um i haven't kept up with um the this Teen Titans series as well as I think you are you have um, I've missed a few issues here and there but I mean Bernard Chang is incredible always and and I feel like I, I don't know if it's just Adam Glass working with Priest here I, I feel like I feel like just in general Glass's voice has been really a lot better on Teen Titans compared to, you know, the other things that I've read from him, um, which are the new 52 suicide squad. And then he did a flashpoint tie in too. I can't remember which one, but they yeah. were about the same. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
I gotta look that up. Keep talk talk amongst yourself. Okay, talk amongst myself. Um, no, I I liked this. This was good. I I like this Teen Titans team a lot more than I ever would have guessed I would. Um, uh, uh, Flashpoint Legion of Doom. Okay. Yep. That's it. <laughs> Didn't that wasn't Heatwave like the main character in that? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh boy. Yep. Um. Yeah, you're right. I think this is. I think this is pretty good, and I think if you haven't been following Teen Titans very closely, this is a. It's a pretty good place to start. I think. There's not a heck of a lot going on that you're going to be really lost on. I think. You're you're maybe going to wonder who crush the daughter of lobo is who roundhouse is but i think their character voices come through and if you're interested in their backstories at all then then go back and read prior issues but i i don't see any problem with picking this up and starting the terminus agenda here and and being really confused about anything that's going on mm-hmm. um other than uh, damien's like a hard ass now I mean, he always was, but yeah, which wasn't even that, that far off, but yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just, man, you know, just the beautiful thing about, about Priest Deathstroke Run is how these characters have been interwoven throughout the series. Um, you know, and this is the second Teen Titans crossover featuring a completely different Teen Titans team and creative team. Yes. But, you know, we're still touching on, like, the time that Kid Flash was part of um, Defiance. and Best part of this issue was weaving just, that stuff in and yeah. making, making it feel, like, true to true to form, you know? Yeah, and, like, realizing how much of a <coughs> part Damien has played over the course of Priest Run. You know, like, we had that early, early issue with him and, and Deathstroke, and then... Um, you get into the Arkham stuff and the, and the first Teen Titans crossover. And, and now this, like, I mean, we gush over this run all the time, but it's one of the most finely crafted runs in, in a long time. Yeah. It's insane how detailed it is. And, and again, this is a joke that we make when we talk about priest Deathstroke, but the number of times that there's a editorial box saying, go back and check this issue from, you know, over a year ago. <laughs> I mean, that's the stuff that comics are about. Like that's what makes comics great. And, and I think priest knows how to do that. Um, I love the idea of the teen Titans creating this, recreating this barbershop that Slade goes to with, with these people that, that he, you know, it seems like he knows. And, uh, of course they're named like what Len and George, like Len, Len Ween. There, there was Marv and George. For... Mar- Marv, George and Len. There was a Len. Okay. Yeah, you're yeah. right. He was the barber. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So, so, you know, little in jokes there. And, uh, and then for it to be this like weird VR fake out or whatever, <laughs> it's the teen Titans. Like, that's such a that's such a priest idea even though adam glass i mean it could be an adam glass idea but it feels like a priest idea Mm -hmm. and adam glass executes it in the script pretty darn well 
and Bernard Chang's art uh, really sells it too. It's pre- it's oh man, the book looks so good. It's good. It's, it's just good. I mean, it's just really good. It is really yeah, it is really good. And and one one criticism that I've had about Adam Glass in the past is like every once in a while he'll have one of his young characters say something like I'm going to hit the dab on you or something something you know like something that's like supposed to sound youthful but really doesn't. And But you know what? Kids do say that stuff. Do they do they say I am going to hit the dab on you? I'm say? sure I'm sure that there are kids who have said that. Like Really? That's... I'm sure I'm sure there are. Kids say I I the darndest things. They do say the darndest things and sometimes they're doing it just to be ironic. Like Okay. Kid kid irony is a thing. Well, you are you are the you are the young one of the show. I just came back from a, a short vacation with my 13-year-old brother-in-law and one of his friends, so... So you did they hit the dab on you? I didn't see it happen, but I'm, I wouldn't have been surprised. <laughs> they could have been dabbing behind my back the entire time. Damn, you would have been so owned. I know. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else on Teen Titans this week? I don't, I mean, I don't guess so, but just like flipping through it right now, I, I am, I am just smiling at how much I liked this issue. You're enjoying this... a classic smile while you. Yes. Yes. I'm sitting here. I'm slowly making typing motions on the keyboard and then just. Shaking, bobbing my head slightly as I smile. <laughs> that's a great, that's a great image. Uh, um, <laughs> oh, you're so good, Zach. Um, yeah, it, you know, before we move on from it, what you just said. This book feels like a classic DC comic, doesn't it? Like, doesn't it feel like a book you would have always read? No, like, no matter what, it's timeless, right? Like this, it, this, issue. yeah, it kind of is. Forget like what characters are involved or whatever. I'm talking about like the feel of the issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it, it, it's it's just damn good corporate comic booking. Yeah, it is like I I I'm eager to see to look back on this run one day and just have the good the good feelings for it. Me too. That means you that means you got a you got a little bit of catching up to do though. What do you mean? This uh, Oh. Didn't you are you oh you're talking you about mean... Deathstroke? Well, yeah, but just this, <laughs> this, this particular, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I would be, I don't know if I would say that about it as much about the other ones. I need to read them. I, no, I need but they, to. Yeah, they're, they're, they're better than you would think is what I'm saying. Okay. And they, they dovetail in pretty good here. So yeah. All right. Ready to move on? Uh, let's do it. All right. Electric Warriors, number five, written by Steve Orlando, art by, uh, Travel Foreman and 
Javi Fernandez? Is that I right? I think so. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He did the first two pages. Oh, okay. Interesting. That's that's a chameleon job. It it kind of is. Um, I can tell the difference though, and you I can... did like one better. <laughs> Javi Fernandez. I'm not gonna say. <laughs> I can tell the difference, but I wouldn't like if I just saw those two pages. I wouldn't say Javi Fernandez. You you probably wouldn't because you know those two pages are kind of weird. Um, they're very distorty. They're, it's distorted and a lot. You know, they're 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 like holographic images. There's only really one character in focus the whole time, and it's Firestorm. Um, and even then, you only get a couple of good shots of him. Um, it is pretty clear, like it doesn't have the um, the digital look of of Foreman. Foreman. Yeah, yep. kind of the smoother coloring lots of lots of smooth boys in this in this issue very smooth um i'm i'm gonna guess that that you didn't you don't have to say it but i'm gonna guess that you didn't like the travel form and stuff as much well i'm not gonna say um i do you know what i do have to say really quick before Mm -hmm. we really talk about this this issue um we didn't we didn't talk about the last issue i don't think no we we skipped over it and i had missed it because i forgot i just didn't see it that week so i read that one too before i read this one and man um there was some there was some boning in that issue yes there was there was it continues uh, steve orlando's streak of just having boning in like every book that he writes which is not that's not a bad thing it's I'm not, not he, it's not criticism he's a he's tasteful about it oh for sure it's some of the most like i hope he'll probably never hear this but 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 uh, I hope he's not offended if I say like the way that he writes those scenes and then the way that the way that they're depicted. It's what, what do you think I'm going to say that you're giggling? I'm, I'm imagining so many things. <laughs> no, it's but what I want to say is that it's like a it's almost like a romance novel. It's like uh-huh. a very pulpy version of what a romantic scene would be, you know, there's yes, lots yes. of emotions, very, very much on the surface. The characters are talking about the situation they're in while they're, you know, it's very, it's very like a high, high pulp sort of feel to that. And it works. It works. It works in the context of, again, like corporate superhero comics. So you're saying the next thing that, Orlando needs to do is a romance comic. Yeah. Oh, I would read that uh, seven days a week and twice on Sundays. Oh, absolutely. And you know, I'd be reading it twice. (laughs) Something about kissing and not kissing. (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, But for my money, this, this, this series is really, really good. And I think this issue is no exception. Um, so you missed last month and you didn't, you hadn't rectified that. Is that right? No, or I, you, or I you have, did. I, yeah, I am. I caught up for okay. this issue. Yes. All right. I didn't know if you just skimmed it or if, if no, you... no, I, I read it. So are you like, are you enjoying this? Um, yeah. So I did like this issue. Um, 
I thought that... So I haven't been as, like, into the prior issues, but I thought that the way last issue ended was really interesting. Um, and I, that energy went into this issue really well, uh, like carried over really well. Um, I, I feel like last issue was the one where you really kind of got a feel for the characters finally. Um, yeah, I, I, I liked this. I like this quite a lot. And the the ending that ending. That that rocked. That like that took this to another level. The firestorm reveal. Yeah. <laughs> Which did you see that kind of foreshadowed at the beginning of the issue? I didn't. That you you, you caught that? Yeah. Well, yeah, I caught I... I caught that character and I thought that that symbol on his chest looked oddly Superman-esque. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I I wasn't expecting that at all. Like I wasn't expecting that Superman was part of Firestorm. But at the end, I was like, man, that was a nice that was a nice uh, tease at the beginning there. Yeah, I totally I totally missed it. Um, but I I I love I love that they went there. It's such a weird. it's such a weird reveal in like a good way because I love that this, this six issue miniseries is not going to be about Lex Luthor or Superman really. And yet they secretly played a major role in the background. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it feels like a very Orlando thing. We, we, we prescribe all of these things to Orlando's writing. I don't think we're wrong, but like, it's just kind of funny how we do that, but yeah, it feels like a very Orlando thing. Like, oh, I'm, not only am I going to have Firestorm as the the puppet master here, but Firestorm is going to be Lex Luthor and Superman. Yes, <laughs> and and it's like the it's like the uh, Subject Zero Superman from the Scott Snyder Flashpoint mini. Yes, it's like the exact same thing again. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But a little different, much more grotesque. Yep. Yeah. Um, Very. Yeah. Really, really disturbing. Yeah. Um, um. And and Lex Luthor himself is like perfectly smooth, and <laughs> he is the smoothest boy. He is the smoothest boy in this entire week of comics, I would say. Um. Yeah, but, and uh, I, I like. I you like want to gush that's... all over this? I feel like you you need to gush all over this. I mean, I just <sighs> I don't know what to say anymore because I feel like I'm just kissing Steve Orlando's ass all the time. But but like he's one of my favorite writers because he takes this world full of characters that we have no idea who most of them are. And gives us a reason to care about every single one of them. Every every character here has some investment in the sort of mini revolution that's taking place, right? Mm-hmm. And they're all legitimate. We care about all of them. Maybe not to the same degrees, like maybe not to equal degrees, but like there's there's time taken and there's care taken to to make you care about them in some way. And 
there's a, a sense that Orlando is constantly pulling from really obscure history to fill this world out. And yet you don't need any of it. If you don't understand the references, if you don't know what electric warriors are, if you don't, if you're not that familiar with Kirby at all, um, you don't need to be at all, you know, Mm -hmm. um, the, and yet at the same time, like, and at the same time, everybody knows who, Superman is everybody knows who Lex Luthor is so at minimum if you read this comic the fact that he included them and you understand their essential relationship elevates the conflict at the end that much more like all of a sudden the conflict is something entirely different than you first realized when you thought it was just Firestorm pulling the strings you know right which was always kind of weird it was it was weird, but like, how do I say this? Like, it was weird, but but that meant that for five issues you were trying to figure out how it was going to work. Yes, you know? like how is he going to bring this home? And then he does so in a way that I never would have guessed, and in a way that now is like, okay, now we got to figure out like what the actual game is here, but. I'm thinking of it on a completely different level because it's Luthor, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, that's, that's how I want to gush on this. Just how like in six short issues with a property that in the grand scheme of things, people don't necessarily think that specifically fondly of Orlando crafted this like intricate world full of feelings and emotions and twists and turns and brutal brutal fights and (laughs) damn it's good i don't know what else to say it's really good i'm i'm interested to see how it's going to round out yeah me too because like really there's a whole world here that that could extend beyond this next issue you know there is you're right um Um, and and um orlando has been someone who's like been pretty comfortable with carrying over concepts from prior books into completely different tangential books which is always a great thing i always love that um so yeah I'm, i'm excited to see where this stuff goes next well we'll find out next month and we'll probably have to talk about that issue i would guess uh we probably will have to we'll hold brian down and make him make him talk about it we have ways of making him talk (laughs) uh nipple stuff yeah um okay last issue last issue all right the wild storm issue number 21 written by the great warren ellis Illustrated by the great John Davis Hunt. Zach, how much ass did this whip? All of it. All <laughs> it 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 slapped. It whipped. It <laughs> it nay I, I, I it nay I need two of them. <laughs> um man. <sighs> You know what my favorite part of this issue was? Lay it on me. The bit where um, 
the engineer gives um i think it is the doctor character is she what is her name i can't remember but you know who i'm talking about yes gives her gives her the little nano um (laughs) telepathic thing and they have their entire conversation and the way john davis hunt like portrays their emotions across like the the panel where angela just starts crying yes and and jenny and jack hawksmore are just there like like what is going on yeah (laughs) it's the best (laughs) that was really good that was really good it's just great visual storytelling and such a fun concept and they they get to ellis gets to use the same joke twice and it's funny both times mm-hmm mm-hmm you're talking about the the sex joke mm-hmm yeah yep yep yeah i uh i brought this up in 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 comics should be cheap this week on on multiversitycomics.com um because i i put this issue on my list and i said there's a lot of books on the market that do decompress storytelling. And what that means is that means that there will be one conflict in per arc. And then there will be all sorts of padded out scenes of exposition or dialogue or contrivances to stretch everything out. And what I love about Warren Ellis's approach on the wild storm is that it's definitely decompressed, but there's so many conflicts going across this whole, I mean, really there's, there's a main conflict between one organization and another, but there's all sorts of conflicts all over the place. Many, many conflicts happening all the time. And at the same time, the characters live their lives within the conflict. You know what I mean? These characters are not, it's, it's, there's definitely like apocalyptic stakes here. And yet they're sitting around able to enjoy a drink for a little bit as they plan their next moves or whatever. And it never, it never feels like, like in other comics and other superhero comics, it feels like if a, the Avengers spend too much time at the breakfast table then it's not a superhero comic anymore. Mm-hmm. Or if the justice league spends uh, way too much time facing some apocalyptic world ending stakes, then that's almost too much. And there's no, and there's no personality. It, it, they lose some of their personality. And I feel like Warren Ellis just perfectly weaves that personality and, and that those character moments into an, a really apocalyptic situation that doesn't, at every moment feel apocalyptic, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, I love the way that I guess there are kind of mini arcs within this 24 issue uh, series, but not really. Yeah. I mean, they've kind of been broken up into like six issue arcs. Essentially it's kind of how it's been played, but it's one big arc. Yeah. If, if you ask me, like without knowing issue numbers, if you ask me to tell you where arcs begin and end, I don't. I'm not sure that I could. 
Yeah, as far as like the events that happen and, yeah. and those yeah, yeah, I can't either. Like obviously the John Lynch the John Lynch thing was an arc, mm-hmm. right? Where he's going around trying to, to trying to round up the Thunderbook people and warn them about about what's going on. Um I love how issues just end like issues don't always have like ending beats. Like this mm-hmm. issue just kinda ends. Yeah. It almost feels like you like you think there's gonna be another page and there's not. But that's just because you know, it's it's never been more evident that Warren Ellis is telling a twenty four issue story, you know? Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, it's just yeah, the, the the structure of this book is so special to me. More more than almost anything else about it. It's really good. And you know, it's it's the end is approaching and you can kind of feel it. The some of the Michael Cray stuff is getting starting to dovetail back in. He get at least gets name checked here. Um and we're very close to having the authority all together. Um that's pretty clearly the end goal here. And there are a lot of pieces moving around, but it, it's still relatively easy to follow. I think mm-hmm. it's um, it's a it's a really special thing too. Yeah, I I, uh, I really want to do a Wildstorm reread. <laughs> <From> <laughs> this this and old Wildstorm. Yeah. Yeah, we need to uh let's get that let's get that Patreon going. We we need to. I've actually kinda in the background here been low key looking for some good Wildstorm reading orders and let me tell you there there are not many out there. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, no, surprisingly it's it's um it's a little convoluted. Damn, I would have shit. I would I would have expected better from our online brethren. Me too, actually. If anybody out there knows a good Wildstorm reading order, um, let us know. Yeah. Just start sending Brian in the middle of the night Wildstorm reading orders. Please do. He will <laughs> appreciate that. <laughs> um, the one page I want to talk about before we go is the, the one... You know, this this comic is mostly broken up into, like, sort of the nine-panel grid. Or it's not always nine panels, but but John Davis Hunt and, and Warren Ellis seem to prefer for this comic to work in smaller panels. But then you get the page of Bendix standing underneath all of those like the fighter jet and the, the rocket, the different rockets. Mm-hmm. And that yes. page is like majestic and huge. And then later you get the Apollo, uh, flying around the earth, flying closer mm-hmm. to the sun thing. And that, yeah, we've been trained majestic. to expect those like big, um, dialogue free pages. And I, now I wait for them. I'm like, okay, <laughs> when are we going to get those, those pages where where 
where Hunt just kind of cuts loose and they're always good. They're always good. And that, that's like, Oh, that's something special about comics, right? That, that thing that you said about we're being trained to look for this stuff. Isn't that, that can only happen in comics really. Mm -hmm. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be sad when this book ends and, and I hope that we kind of get, an indication of, of where it's going to go next. You know, we, uh, we can assume that there's going to be an authority thing. Uh, there was also, you know, talk, I think at one point Ellis announced that there was going to be a wildcats book, but that never materialized. And, and, you know, there were originally supposed to be four books, but we've still only gotten two. Yeah. If we don't get the, um, if we don't get what we were promised out of all this, I mean, I don't want to sound like the, uh, we'll riot. Yes, we will riot. (laughs) I don't want to sound like, uh, like the entitled fan or anything. I certainly don't, it's not going to be out of some sense of like, we, we are owed this, but I would just be gravely disappointed if, if we don't get the full Wildstorm four book plan that, that Ellis supposedly had laid out. Right. Right. I mean, unless it's his decision. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Unless he changed his mind uh, as opposed to it being a corporate, a corporate thing. Yeah. Here, here. Well, is that it for this week? I think so. We, Sorry, I'm not as a, good. It was I'm a short week. Yeah, it was a short week. Yeah, that's because, you know, Brian usually... Brian's so good at this. You're you're better than I am at this. No. I just uh No. But we do have one more we do have one more fan favorite feature before we go. Oh, you're right. I was gonna forget. <laughs> and that's looking at next week. And it is a big week next. Do you do you realize what's next week? Oh, Jack? I'm trying I'm trying to realize. I'm going there right now, but I can't get there fast enough, so you may have to tell me. I've got it. Okay, so Action uh 1009, Batgirl okay. 33, Batman Beyond number 30. I feel like that one's destined for the Jurgens list. Um Books of Magic number 6, and here here's the big gavagoo. Detective Comics number 1000. It's here. Which cover did you buy, Zach? I know you I didn't. Did. You, you I, didn't I, did. I didn't. But if I did buy one of them, it would have been the daring. No, that's on. That's Dial H for Hero. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> I wish there was a Darrington man. Um, just looking at the names and not actually seeing what they look like. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Tim Sale one. Ah, that's a good one. I bought the Michael Cho one. Let me let me send that to you, or, okay. or maybe you can see it. It's got like uh, m- very many goofy Batman bat Batman from like the golden age, like the Rainbow Batman's in there. Batman, like, Batman. I, yeah. I see it. Yeah, that is good. That is good. Okay, I'm actually looking at them now. <laughs> um, Yeah, I actually don't care much for the Tim Sale one. The Cho mm-hmm. one is really good. Um, that one might be my favorite. I, I also kind of like the Steve Rude one. Mm-hmm. And the the Capullo one is good. Those those are good ones. Yeah, the Capu- Yeah, you gotta have, you gotta have Capullo. 
Oh, I can't believe that's coming out. Yeah, yeah, we're we're gonna have to, that. That is a what eighty or a hundred page book that we're gonna have to read. Yeah, we are. <laughs> it's at ninety six pages, is what it says. Nice. All right. Um, I'm actually kind. of I'm excited a little bit. I am too. It's I. I love I love eventy type stuff like that. I I can't believe you read all those detective comics issues. I did it. Yeah. Yep. I stopped. I stopped with detective comics number one uh, in the new fifty two because after I first of all I wanted to laugh at the Joker cutting off his face. Who doesn't? Um, he he calls it like fangasmic or something like that. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Yeah, he says this feels fangasmic, <laughs> which is that's so new fifty two that it hurts. Um, I spotted Pandora while I was reading, and uh, and then I quit because the rest of the new fifty two is just too fresh in my mind to to bother too, rereading it. So, too raw, too too raw, too <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> Um, Dial H for Hero number one, Flash sixty seven, Freedom Fighters number four, Goddess Mode number four, Heroes in Crisis number seven. Is that right? Are we getting? Are we doing that, Heroes in Crisis also? I think that is correct. Oh man! Oh boy! Okay. Uh, Hex Wives six, Justice League Odyssey seven, Martian Manhunter four, Shazam four, Silencer fifteen. Is that the last issue? No, I think that last issue just got solicited. That's another news that we forgot to mention. We are down to one New Age of Heroes books. And then there was one. And that and you know that one's on its way out too. Oh, it's gotta be. And uh Terrific's well there it is. Terrific's fourteen. Yeah, that's uh the wonderful Gene Lu and Yang is gonna steer that one into the I think that is the last Lemire issue, I wanna say. I think you could be right. Number fourteen. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you might be right. And then Wonder Woman 67. That is a huge week, Zach. Are we going to be able to read all of those comics? Gosh, I'm going to have to get started as soon as Brian posts them. Brian, you 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 better post those as soon as humanly possible or we're coming for you. But until next time, and hopefully Brian's with us next time. It's just not the same without him. Without his uh Italian je ne sais quoi. What 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 do you think the Italian phrase for je ne sais quoi is? It's not gabagool. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> Wait a minute, Zach. You you can be found somewhere online, right? I am at Wilker Fox on the tweet, the Twitter. There you go. I am up Brian's spot. So yes. Have a I knew I should have never sent you to that liberal college. <laughs>